The SOVPOD, sponsored by Arby's, has returned once again to pleasure your auditory glands. Today's episode is particularly pungent. It is as though the sweet scent of milk is dripping over every inch of your flesh. Bathe in it, my darlings. You know boring drive through fish sandwiches? Arby's just reinvented them in the form of this new beer-battered fish. Also, Arby's has beer now, kinda. Arby's, we have the meat. Sounds All right. Good. <laughs> I also want to fuck that dick. <laughs> uh, nothing like a good bit of necrophilia to wake you up all right hell yeah hell yeah all right <laughs> okay um all right i just have to remember the order of the letters Garda Tool Massacre, you're listening to episode, I don't even know, of T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D. The S-O-V stands for everything that we're about that's shot on video movies. My name's Mike Delaney, and joining me now forever and always is Brad Friendly, neighborhood joke stealer Henderson. How are you, sir? What's up, Mike? How's it going, buddy? <laughs> Um, so at the, right at the top, I said garden tool massacre. And that always made me think, you know, there's the, the Ramon song, the Texas chainsaw uh, massacre song, right? Chainsaw. Yeah. And that's what they say is they say, the Texas chainsaw massacre. They took my baby away from me or whatever. Right. That's Some, the wrong, that's, that is the wrong song. No, that's, that's a, well, that's the KKK. The KKK took my baby away. No, I right? don't. Just I, I know you know that. Hopefully, yeah. Right. Well, what I was doing was I was joking about how hey, you know there's a handful of Ramon songs you can confuse for a handful of other Ramon songs, but um, but they say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I say that loving the Ramones. They say Texas Chainsaw Massacre because they want to rhyme it with me, right? Yeah. Right. But why don't you just say Ma- Texas Chainsaw Massacre and just rhyme it with her? Now I took it one step further and would it be because her is like the possessive pronoun and they they would have used she and if they could have used she they could have used that with massacre anyway we're doing garden tool massacre this week brad how excited yeah, we are, are um i'm semi-excited the garden tool massacre it took my baby away from me okay so there's that i'm combining nine songs there but then there's uh the, the garden, the garden to massacre. They stabbed my baby. They fucked up her. Like, you could do something like that. You, you don't have to. Like, why why change it to massacre? Who, who cares? Do, is, is, that, is that how you pronounce massacre somewhere? No. Why massacre? Why massacre? Massacre, right? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I really care. What do you care about, Bradley? I care about talking about the movie. Oh. Even you just want to jump right into the movie. I want to jump right into the movie. All right, let's go. Well, unless you want to talk about what we're going to eat first. Well, I mean, I always want to do that. <laughs> Cue the theme song. Well, I think I'm obligated. For this contract I'm looking at is that I have to choose um, here let me let me make sure I get this right so we don't get sued um, yep just a, a cheddar burger or wait I can't say burger god damn it we're gonna get in so much trouble Fred what is that uh. 
Yes. Brett, I just, I just follow the, there's those fucking rules in front of you. I told you to tape it to your computer, buddy. I said tape right. it in front of your camera, the, the rules with these. Anyway. All right, okay. keep going. All right, well, I'll just cut it out. Okay, so for a limited time only, you get the classic prime rib cheesesteak from Arby's. Yeah, and then you can get it with a Barks root beer. It comes with red and yellow peppers, shredded provolone cheese, prime rib steak on a sub roll, sliced prime rib steak, onions, and fire roasted peppers smothered in a melted provolone cheese, the kind of stuff that gets you excited about cheesesteaks, unless you're not just the excitable type. Rap horn, rap horn. And of course, you can build that as a meal with sweet potato waffle fries, medium, small, large, or even a kid's. Or uh, you can do a Coke float, a root beer float, or an orange cream shake. Orange cream. That's what he calls it, doesn't he? Yes. He goes, come on over, get a 50-50 bar, have some orange cream. That's what he says. Fuck, now I can't unsee it. Okay, my snack today is, since this movie is British, we will have the fine British dish of a boiled potato. So on to the the uh, the show today. We're talking Garden Tool Massacre. They say 1997, but folks, that can't possibly be true because part of it was shot in 1998. Uh, so let's just call it 2020 because that is when the movie was first uh, seen widely. It's a ghost mystery. Do you about that bird back in '90? Apparently, there was this guy, right? They find out his girlfriend was cheating on him. So he goes around his house, and this house, and kills him real gruesome, like splatter every time. And um, they catch him and lock him up in this nut house somewhere. That's where you should be. Jimbo gets will be with SRS, it's from Ron. Uh, anything you want to say about the label up front? Uh, no, I mean, yeah. Uh, SRS, uh, Ron Bonk's a really good guy. He's been championing uh, this cinema for, uh, or just cinema in general, for a very, very long time, but mainly focusing on uh, stuff like this, that it will be lost to time because uh, this stuff isn't very uh, marketable as a sense of being wide releases or more than probably what he produces. Um, but it's mainly diving into the shot on video uh, life, uh, stuff that shot on high eight, um, even more recent stuff that's uh, low budget uh, that doesn't really get the time of day. Um, he takes care of it. He releases it. He's done so much work as far as getting a lot of these, uh, you know, these titles out um, and uh, feeding them into your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, lately, too, I, I've been noticing that the uh, uh, special features work on the discs has been going up and up and up. So um, much appreciate that. Yeah, uh, doing a good job. So keep keep supporting yeah. SR, SRS Cinema. No, he's he's doing great work. Yeah, I picked up a couple from him recently. Um, that he redid the two Todd Sheets shorts collections. Uh, they just released, um, what was it, uh, 
Nightmare Weekend, the the Lost Polonia Brothers movie that uh, uh, I think Mark just finished. And then um, Metal Noir. That was the other one I picked up. Metal Noir. So you'll probably be hearing those um, on the show soon. All right. So Garden Tool Massacre, uh, a little bit about it. It was, um, like we said, shot in the uh, the late 90s by a um, 15-year-old um boy at the time uh most of the cast and crew in this film is aged uh 15 uh to 18 years old and the the final movie itself that we see actually comes from two different films that the uh the filmmakers uh decided that they could just edit together because um they used all the same actors all the same locations and all the same names (laughs) and all the same uh character archetypes so um so they said it was pretty easy to to blend these two films together and only one of those two films was called garden tool massacre but um that's the the title that they went with brad you want to get into a little bit of what this movie is about plot wise hey oh no wait let me say plot wise i put quotations (laughs) there um yeah as mike said this is filmed over a period of time so uh when you're watching it you'll see a kind of a big difference in footage um you know they shot some on high eight they shot some on vhs um and then also the sound there's some sound design uh uh stuff that they've obviously uh fiddled with um and also kind of the title card and and things like that so uh, you'll see a difference in quality um uh and also there's just a couple scenes i know that they this is two scene or two movies blended together but i also think they used other things from their shorts to piece meal all this together because the version that i have of this movie does not match um what srs has put out so interesting. Uh, yeah, he he definitely fiddled around with uh so not to the point where it's very noticeable, but um music's different, um the you know, the title cards are different. There's a lot of scenes that are uh kind of beat up more on the original and this is a little bit more clear, so obviously you got a better master. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I mean, nothing really changed to the point where, you know, it, it changed my perspective of the movie at all. But, um, yeah, uh, it's pretty simple. It's, uh, about a guy who murders his wife and goes to a mental hospital and escapes and then kills a bunch of people. Like you do. Yeah. Yeah. So guard to a massacre. Which is funny because it's his name is uh, Scavellini, which that's uh, the director of um, mm-hmm. what's his what's his first name Roman. His first name Roman. Uh, well, the first thing I thought was if that was the last name of what was the last name of Tom Sizemore's character in Natural Born Killers. Uh, I don't remember that. I, I think he was Detective Scavellini. Anyway. But, Scagnetti. Um, his, his last name was. Oh, Scagnetti. he was Scagnetti. You're right. You're right. And there were people yelling it. There, there were like angry people. Yeah, uh, Romano Scavellini. He was. Uh, he did. There you go. He directed Savage Hunt, uh, Nightmare in a Damaged Brain, uh, Your Honor. Yeah. So, so I, I imagine they pulled it from that. That's just a weird last name to have, especially when you're uh, making a movie. Uh, and you're British, <laughs> yeah. and, and you're using that last name. So that's my guess. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, I, I rewatched it recently. It still holds up. And, and the reason why, you know, there's not much to go on the plot. I mean, it's pretty much the plot. Uh, but I think the aspect of this, of kind of the history of this is that that this was a movie that they were making what you said when they were 15 because i remember reading about they were 16 years old yeah so they were all still in high school yeah Mm -hmm. yeah making this movie uh you know they filmed uh so if i'm not mistaken it's been a while uh the first portion or the very first thing they shot was garden tool massacre so they had you know all their friends being attacked by this, you know, guy in a mask using garden tools, and that was it. 
And then that was going to be like kind of a short film, I guess. And then they did this other movie. I have no idea what it would be called, um, which is them a little bit older. Um, and obviously you can see a couple things change as far as hairstyles and, and stuff like that. It's kind of hard to tell because the footage is all jacked up. But um, the more clean footage is another movie that they were making. And that's when Mike said they put these two together um, in order to make a feature film. But it does really come across as flawless. I think the only times that you can obviously really notice it is because of the sound and the footage of the high yeah. eight tapes. So, yeah, yeah, the, the high eight's a lot cleaner. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so the the actual if you want to break it down the, the first scene you see in the movie is from the second movie they're shooting and then you really don't start getting the the first movie they were shooting till the back half of the movie that came out <laughs> I, I think that's the way to describe where it lies but you'll just see it like what brad said you'll notice it it's visually apparent yeah so i mean just don't like there's not like a drop in quality uh, well there is but it's not you know it's something that it can't help you just can't restore tape you know right um, it's not like screen factories like uh <laughs> dog soldiers disc jesus fuck so uh, i mean mainly you focus on you know trying to clean up the sound you know the 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 tape uh, the tape noise, the humming, um, and the contrast basically is stuff that you can fix when you're, you know, are you cracking your knuckles? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, That's you know, what I do when I'm horny. Fixing, uh, fixing the contrast or, you know, cleaning it up a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I mean, all in all, the, the cool thing about Garden Tool Massacre is it's a bunch of kids making a movie and it's mm -hmm. very apparent that they loved what they were doing um and and like i've said probably eight times already on this show the coolest thing about shot on video stuff is the diy and passion behind it because you have a bunch of kids making a movie and they know they're not going to make a money they're not going to make a dime from it they're not gaining any fame. They literally did it just for themselves. And there's actually a lot of films like this that never get seen. Um, so it's kind of neat to see uh, these films actually get a release. And, you know, this is, uh, this is not too early. This is pretty late, like 1997, 98. Um, but still, I mean, this is like 20 years ago. These kids are, you know, now adults in their 30s and, you know, late 30s, 40s. Um, and now they're kind of getting this semi-quasi, you know, bump with, uh, yeah. you know, people paying attention to it. Yeah, I mean, the, the people that made this movie are younger than me, you know. And uh, I was thinking back to like 97 and um, shooting some of our like SOV high height movies and uh damn if it if it wasn't similar to what was happening on the other side of the pond with uh with this film because 97 would have been when uh edwin and i started making uh this movie called slasher with our friend andy <laughs> but it was so anyway all the the big thing about it was the slasher the slasher wore a rocketeer mask and um was targeting men that carried around parasols you know like the the little umbrella but um, that's uh, that's what I remember. Uh, I would kill to see that footage. That and then later that year we did Andy the movie, a full length SOV that I'm sure Mr. Gonzalez has, and I I need to see it again. It's a full length documentary we made on our friend. It is wild. <laughs> so uh, you know what I was gonna say is that there's there's so many films out there that. Uh, you know, have this kind of thing going on where kids make some, you know, make some movies or even older people, even adults. There's a, a guy from, I think it's Wisconsin. Um, his name was Steve Postal. He, he died years ago, but he had, I think, 20 movies, all shot on video, uh, never had distribution for one of them. 
they basically just sat in his home. And if you emailed him or uh, sent him a letter with like $10, he would make a copy of his master tape and send it to you. And he had some really crazy shit. And you know, like I, all of it is just gone. Um, you know, there's a couple tapes that survived through the time of people having the copies. I'm sure if you really did some hard, could you find like a ledger book of like who sent him money and then go ask those people if they have the tapes? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's the thing that you would have to do. Um, I did find a couple, uh, from people. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he made 20 some movies. So it's this guy's whole life obviously was based around this, you know, other than maybe having a day job and a family. He made all these movies and he didn't do it to make money. He did it because he wanted to. It's same with the David the Rock Nelson. You know, David the Rock Nelson, who knows how many <laughs> movies he's made. Uh, Wait, none is of he his... David the Rock or is he David Rock Nelson? No, it's, it's David the Rock Nelson. The Rock, he, okay. He, he claims to be The Rock before The Rock. I mean, and then Alcatraz just fucking slaps them both. So, <laughs> so you know, but yeah, David, David Nelson, David The Rock Nelson. It's weird to call him David Nelson. So David The Rock Nelson, who knows how many movies he has made. Uh, he's made shot on video movies since, the, you know, the 80s uh, and still doing it today. You know, he's never given up. Has he given up on the Trump shit? No. Jesus. Rock, come on, man. Fuck. Devilant, come back. Come back <laughs> so, to us, Mr. Devilant. So, yeah. You, so, Dave, Dave Nelson, he's like... David the Rock Nelson. He, uh... DR, DRN, all right, DRN, <laughs> he's like, <clears throat> no, but, oh, that sounds too much like the Democratic National Convention for him, but, um, but no, he's, how do you end up being like the, the, um, how, how should I say, like Neil Breen of just SOVs, like that's, that's Dave Nelson, man. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's really crazy, it's just that, you know, in, in how he did it all, I mean, he didn't even really distribute his movies all that much, kind of yeah. like Steve Postal did, but at least David The Rock Nelson's a little bit more well-known, but that's because mainly his movies were three to four hours long, and, right. it, and he, he claimed played... that they starred Hillary Clinton and, like, O.J. Simpson <laughs> and shit. So he, he, he plays pretty much every character and, and all the people that are in the movies are like his friends or strangers. I'm actually in, I think I've said this before, I'm actually in one of the Double Ant movies um, with, with uh, I get attacked, I think, or the Double Ant attacks people under a bridge. And I was there when he was filming it and he would literally, he would just have his camera and he would go up to people and he would throw this big rubber ant on them and be like, the devil ant gotcha, you know? And then they would react with, oh my God, like, ah, like really scared. Or they would just look at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, so David's a very unique person, um, but he, you know, he might, he, he has this <laughs> Trump supporter aspect, which is just crazy now. But, you know, he, he it was this person that made all these movies and no one has seen them aside from him. And, uh, you know, he, he edits from tape to tape. You know, he records on VHS and then plays the VHS and then records from another player. That's how he edits. He doesn't have any fancy computer systems. So he's been doing it for the same for uh, uh, 40 years. I think he's still making movies. Hey, 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 kitty, you want to give me a big juicy kiss? Come on, come. I'm Frankenstein. Let me come over and give you a big juicy kiss. Here I come, wrong. Hey, kitty, let me give you a big juicy kiss. Come on. Oh, yeah. Kind of, kind of or crazy. Is he more like the Daniel Johnson of uh, SOV? I don't know. He's like <laughs> Neil Breen and Daniel Johnson put together. 
Uh, well, Neil Breen's movies are more coherent, uh, believe it or not. Um, but uh, yeah, going back, it, it's it's really cool to watch people that don't have the one, the experience, uh, the knowledge, um, the equipment, the money, uh, but they have the passion. And I think that's sometimes more important than anything. Because even though they may not have the experience or knowledge how to make a movie, uh, they can get inspired by watching movies. You know, you, uh, as a young kid making a movie, they did a fairly good job of, you know, what they wanted to do. Yes, it's a ripoff of every movie they've seen, but what else are you going to do? You know, no 15 year old's going to fucking make the make Somebody somewhere. You know, but you would uh, say that a 15 year old needs passion, passion. Pretty dangerous Running out of patience you got to find it yourself you can't you can't you can't spark that you know these kids they were watching slasher films and said hey you know it'd be cool if we made our own and that's exactly what they did it was pretty much no big story behind it so that's the thing about garden tool massacre is that there's really no big story behind it other than how they ended up with the actual movie you know there there's no big events that happened they they recorded this stuff they piecemealed it together. They did a, basically a release, and it's some of it leaked out very, 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 very small. Um, and then, you know, people like Ron Bonk knew about it and contacted them, and then here we go. And now we're talking yeah. about it on this show. Uh, there's not, like I said, there's not really much more to yeah, they, it. They said they only sold a handful of tapes when they, you know, would put it in the the back of the, the catalog or whatever the, the local, you know, rag was, but they said they only sold a handful of tapes and never heard back from <laughs> anyone who bought it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's, that's how a lot of these uh, kind of things go for, for filmmakers sure. and these kids, um, you know, no one's going to really buy it. So, you know, it, they you know they may think oh we're gonna put it in here we're gonna make a few hundred dollars that's the big thing for sure that's the, for that's sure. the big that, thing for them it is it is bizarre though be like spending all this time making a movie and i'm speaking from both sides of of this but spending all the time making a movie um and then you put it out there and you know people are watching it even if it's just because they literally bought it from you like you know at some point they watch it and it's so weird when you don't get feedback you know, because like even I would see uh, that our film had like uh, millions of hours or minutes or what, whatever the metric was. So you're like, okay, well, someone's watching it. And then you'd get like two reviews on Letterboxd or something. It's just the, the relationship between uh, the the audience when they're consuming and like, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because in, um, in uh, the age of social media now, I think that... Uh, we expect more immediate feedback. And then here, these kids waited 20 years, you know? Yeah. And, you know, to kind of piggyback off what you just said, uh, when I was younger, I would uh, reach out to people all the time. And now mm -hmm. I don't because now people are obsessive and I'm sure they get messaged constantly. Um, I usually like do it in person or something like that. If, if I, if I see and but you'd be surprised how many people are thankful for for what you say i i'll never forget i was at um a fantastic fest uh, years ago maybe like fantastic fest 2011 2012 and they had this uh, sci-fi movie there playing called zombie roadkill and uh thomas hayden church was there and uh because he was in 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 that film and he was like standing out by uh you know whatever having a cigarette or something like that and i saw oh him and i was god i would love to have a cigarette with thomas <laughs> hayden church so i i walked by and 
honestly, even though Fantastic Fest is this quote unquote movie lovers land, no one really knew who he was, it seemed. And I, I have always been a, a big fan of Rolling Kansas, a film that he, you know, wrote and directed. Um, so I went up to him and I said, you know, you know, you know, hello, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to say I'm a big fan. And he, you know, did the, you know, very cordial, like, oh, thank you very much. And then I said, you know, I, I really, really love Rolling Kansas. And you could tell when I said Rolling Kansas, like his face changed. And he like, he like had that moment where, holy shit, someone mentioned Rolling Kansas to me. Mm-hmm. And like, you could tell he genuinely, he was like, oh man, thank you so much. He's like, I love that movie. And, you know, it, no one really knows that I did it um, and all this other stuff. And then he, we, we actually got a sub sandwich at Thundercloud sub like across the street. And we talked about his career and, and shit like that. And I told him how much another one that I really love is he plays the killer in ser- uh, a slasher film called Serial Killing 101 uh, mm-hmm. that stars Lisa Loeb. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's a, yeah. And it, he, he like, he has this like accent that he does in the film. He just, he says gymnasium class like a million times in the movie. Um, and it's basically this guy that wants to become a serial killer. So he's like trying out like these different costumes and weapons and, you know, one-liners and stuff like that. This is not shot on video. Um, and, uh, Thomas Hayden Church is there's this real killer in, in, in the town then. And so he's trying to like, I guess he tries to take credit for it. The kid, um, or wants to take credit for it or people believe it's him. It's been a while since I've seen it, but, um, Anyways, it's really funny, and he plays a really funny character in that, and I mentioned that too. And you, you could tell when people kind of realize that you're a fan rather than saying, oh, I, I liked you on Wings, or, you know, uh, oh, I saw Zombie Roadkill. That was really good. Uh, or you're in Spider-Man 3. Awesome. You know, uh, it's kind so, of... So if you walk up to Tony Shalhoub at this point, you don't mention Wings, right? You walk up to Thomas Hayden Church, you don't mention Wings at this point. Stephen Weber, you probably don't even mention Wings. But I don't know, Tim, I'm thinking Tim Daly and Crystal Bernard, they're always going to be Wings, right? Crystal Bernard, wasn't she in Charlie's Angels? No. Oh. Crystal Bernard's uh, the uh, tiny blonde uh, Texas girl from you know uh wings oh she's in slumber party massacre yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. i know who you're talking yeah. about yeah, 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 yeah. Two, two i think right or no uh she's probably in two i think it's two yeah, yeah. She, she plays um yeah she's she she's not the is she the zit face girl not in my heart or no that's <laughs> but, that's heidi haddad because there's Heidi, Heidi Haddad, Juliet Cummings, and Crystal Bernard. Crystal Bernard is yeah. the lead. She's the yeah. lead that has the, the that has the home that they're all going to play with the band. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. She's definitely known for wings. <laughs> Wait, yeah. So, but but then I think most people would say Tim Daly for wings too, because that's like his his biggest thing. But then when you think of how they've used Tim Daly over the years, man, I would be offended. That that man is Superman folks tim daly is superman okay and then you're just defaulting back to wings i'm not i'm not gonna have it but um before we wrap up the thomas hayden church podcast (laughs) um his his delivery in sideways uh when he's when he gets back uh to the the hotel room with uh miles paul giamatti and he realizes he's lost his engagement ring he left it at the the waitress's place where he was he was fucking her (laughs) and uh the line reading he gives when he explains why he has to go get that ring and he says he he goes um uh it's got dolphins entwined in sanskrit and shit it is like the funniest line i've i've like oh my god Holy shit! Fuck. Fuck. Jesus. 
God, God, fucking freezing out there. God, yeah. Your Vicodin, where's the Vicodin? Fucking chick's married, man. What? Her husband works a night shift or something, and he comes home and catches me on the floor with my cock in his wife's ass. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jack. And you walked all the way from Solvang? I ran. Twisted my ankle, too. That's five clicks, Jackson. Fucking ain't right it's five clicks. At one point, I had to cut through an ostrich farm. <laughs> Those fuckers are mean. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh! <laughs> we gotta go back. <laughs> what? We gotta go back. I left my wallet. Credit cards, cash, my fucking ID, everything. We gotta go back. Big deal. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll call now and we'll cancel your cards. <clears throat> I know, Miles. You don't understand. The wedding rings. The wedding rings are in my wallet. Okay, fine. They're in your wallet. And and you left your wallet in somewhere, some bar, okay? Christine no, will understand. They had to order them special. It took her forever to find them. They've got this design of dolphins and our names engraved in Sanskrit. We gotta go back, man. Yeah. Christine will fucking crucify right. no me, way. Miles. No, no way, no way. Please. Please. Forget it. Your wallet was stolen in some bar. It happens every no, day. We gotta go back and get my wallet, Miles. I'm telling you, those rings are irreplaceable. Look, I, I, I know I fucked up, okay? I know I fucked up, but you gotta help me. You gotta help me, Miles. Please, please. I, I can't lose Christine, Miles. I just, I can't. I can't lose Christine. Mm -hmm. I, I know I fucked up. I know I did a bad thing, all right? And I know I'm a bad person. I know I am, but you gotta help me. You have to help me, Miles, okay? Tell me you'll help me. If I lose Christine, I I, I am not there. I'd laugh just thinking <laughs> there's, about it. There's that line in Sideways when uh, Paul Giamatti's like taking him to the wine test, like tasting, and he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, don't drink it right away. Like stir it around, you know, smell it. And then like, they, he's like, take a sip savor it and he goes are you chewing gum <laughs> that shit kills me i know and but then, and then um, thomas hayden church just takes a sip of wine and goes i like it <laughs> it's good so but but i don't even know how we got off on this thing <laughs> So, but back to Guard Tool Master. Like, if you see, I guess if you see the director, he's gonna really love if you come up to him. You know, I'm sure he's not hassled with this stuff. Um, but the cool thing about these, uh, this director in particular, is that he went on to make more movies. You know, they basically yeah. whenever he had a camera, he would shoot stuff. Uh, SRS also uh, released the the House on Cuckoo Lane, which is. Uh, another kind of unseen movie from the early 2000s that he did. Um, no, well, um, later. The, that, yeah, that one's like 20, 2015. Yeah, so the, the cool thing about this, uh, you know, director and, and, and filmmaker and his friends, uh, well, not all his friends, I mean, mainly him and his other partner, I think he still makes movies with, uh, he continued to make movies. And that's really fucking cool. It's just not like a one-off or something. It's it's literally like the Polonia brothers who, uh, you know, they were making movies even after his brother passed away. He continued to make movies. And, and it's kind of nice to see uh, that these, you know, like Tim Ritter, even uh, yeah, Todd Sheets, uh, all these guys are making these movies at a very, very young age. And, you know, even though they have some more capabilities and they, they still have more money and they have better resources, they never really moved away from what they were doing. Like the only thing that really changed is the camera and some experience from technical perspectives, you know, right. like, like 
you know, walking off the site, you know, uh, drawn a blank, walking off the screen, um, like going screen right, screen left, you know, continuity, you know, not mixing night and day shots, you know, not, you know, uh, having light reflections and mirrors or the camera reflections. Right. But I mean, you know, Todd, Todd Sheets in particular, like he knows his shit, like, you know, even as a young person in the 90s, he was directing Rudy Ray Moore, man. Yeah, well, I mean, there's different, there's different people, like, you know, obviously, they have a knack for this type of thing. But I I still think it's unique, and kind of cool that Todd Sheets never really derived from what he started. You know, he still stayed true. I, you know, I wouldn't think he would sell out if he made a movie. Totally sold out when you made Cloud Nato, man. Total sell out. For like $20 million or something. I wouldn't care. I would be, you know, congratulating him. But I think it's cool, like, how these guys really don't go away from what they, where their roots are. And there's some respect to that. And they probably don't want to, you know, because uh, if, you know, if you have people that are uh, funding uh, your movie, then you have to answer to people. You have deadlines. You have things you can and cannot do. Uh, with, <laughs> with Todd Sheets, he doesn't really answer to anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's the cool thing. And that's, I guess, kind of what keeps these people going in that direction that they want. They can make the movie for the budget they want. Um, and they probably make a decent amount of money back on selling this stuff now because they have made a name for themselves. Um, you know, so a, a cool thing that I saw when I popped in the Blu-ray for Garden Tool Massacre was, uh, you know, Tim Ritter's uh, Truth or Dare. Is, oh yeah, is they're, yeah, they're out. remastering that. Yeah, or did so, they already? I don't uh, want to miss that. Uh, I don't. I don't think it would have been out. I I subscribe to that little newsletter for SRS. I, I don't think. I think it's coming soon. Um, right. I, if, if it know. did, I think it would be that one's pretty big because it's really funny. Um, Elijah Wood is on David Letterman, and he talks about Tim Ritter's Truth or Dare. <laughs> and it is like he's there for like Lord of the Rings and he's fucking talking about Truth or Dare. You're really movie. into horror movies, aren't I you? Like horror movies. Yeah, that's I find that teensy bit creepy, you know. You uh, think? Yeah, you add that with the super creepy feet, you got yourself a problem right there. <laughs> why why are you so fascinated with horror movies? I don't know. I mean I the, I was five years old when I first saw my first horror film, so I think I've loved them ever since. I, it, I, I think really... you might have been traumatized if you saw it. <laughs> I was actually never really scared of them. I mean, the thing is, when you're a kid and you see those films, it's generally, you're excited to see them because you're not supposed to see them. Right. So initially it's very exciting because it's taboo. And then I sort of fell in love with the genre. Of horror. Of horror films, All right. But you're such a cheerful, upbeat gentleman. Maybe that's where I get everything out. Right. Well, I see. Are you in therapy? Uh... Not currently, but I have been. Well, uh, I, I could be your therapist for a minute. Sure. All right. So this, uh, hang on a second. Do I need to, do I need to reposition? Do I have to get Yeah, if you need ready? to. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> all right, you good? Yeah. Your applause doesn't help here. <laughs> so It's just playing into his fantasy. <laughs> all right, so, <clears throat> I want you to relax. Enjoy a chocolate dollar. Thank you. And describe the movie you saw when you were uh, five years old. The horror movie that turned you into horror. It was called Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare. With Madonna? Not the Madonna film. Okay. <clears throat> that was quite scary. Though, I was going to say, that's quite scary in its own <clears throat> right. Um, it was about a, um, a direct-to-video film. Mm. Shot on video. Right. About a guy that had played Truth or Dare as a child and then loses his mind when, his, um, when he finds his wife cheating on him. And he spins out of control and starts playing truth or dare with himself and other people, uh, and it gets murderous. Then this masterpiece went straight to video? Mm. <laughs> and it's remained one of my all-time favorite horror really? films. Do I, I've, introdu- do- I've honestly introduced that film to so many people. Well, you've now, and now again, tell me who's in it, and where can I get a copy? I don't know who's in it. Uh, the director's called Tim Ritter. He's yeah. since done, I think, five or six sequels, all direct-to-video. Right. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, sorry. Whoa, you know what happened right there. You know what happened right there. You know what it was? A wall was, broke down is did. what happened right there. It was emphatic, and I had to touch you. Yeah, no, that's okay. I'm good with it. I don't mind. I'm cool. I can have men touch me. I'm European. It's cool. Yeah. 
the film is fantastic. It's yeah. it's uh, it's hilarious. Um, I have to it's say, very, it's very Truth or Dare, yeah. directed by Tim Tim Ritter. Tim Ritter. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's I'm going to see it. Yeah, all right. No, he's he's the he's the real deal, man. And I'm like, holy shit! How you're talking about that guy who stands on the Segway and smokes a cigarette, right? Yeah, dude, right. Truth or yeah, Dare no, sold out. Oh shit! Fuck. The, did he already put up a pre-order? What the fuck? Tell him. Tell him SOVPOD wants it, man. Tell him we want to give us the good shit, Rob. It's weird. It's weird that he he would do that um, on such. Now, truth, like if you're if you're listening to the show and you're new to SOV, Truth or Dare is like one of those movies that is kind of like sledgehammer. Um, and shit like that. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty well known. Um, yeah, that's the one where Madonna talks about how she wants to fuck Antonio Banderas, right? <laughs> You're terrible. You're a terrible person. <laughs> uh, well, damn, man. Oh, three episodes in, baby. We did it. We came back sucks. from the the lawsuits back, Came from, back the from the lawsuits, lawsuits baby <clears throat> we but, took uh, those lawsuits and we shoved them up your dark suits because you're wearing black suits because you're at the funeral of your mother who i killed when i fucked her in the garden tool massacre see it's not hard to make a song no no uh post malone does it all the time <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah if you say anything in that yeah fear.com and all dogs are gonna have the bone collector and the same sense computer dreams time cop the rock safe man, man are you Atlantis, are you, are you reading movies off your shelf <laughs> <laughs> they're the yeah it's uh stack of VHS tapes that I have like in junk locks. It's all dogs go to heaven, fear.com, bone collector. I was like, run. I thought I heard all dogs go to heaven and then the bone collector. I'm like, <laughs> who the fuck has those two together? Only you would. Yes, sir. Yep. Oh, that's oh. funny. Fuck Post Malone. Damn. Well, no, actually, I admire that guy because he really committed to those face tattoos. You get those face tattoos, you you have to have Post Malone money, you know, at that point. Like, and now he's committed to having Post Malone money the rest of his life, which is good when your name is Post Malone and you do those, I don't know, seltzer Bud Light commercials or something. So we went from Garden Tool Massacre to Post Malone. To Wings, uh, to uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Well, we didn't go to Wings Hauser, who is dead. Oh, cut that, please. <laughs> I definitely will. All right. Well, that concludes the show, I guess.
bed at night It's a half past midnight As you turn out your side light Ain't right 